with the way uh, McManus is kicking, you get to his spot and you know that he is. You got three points in your pocket. Does that change your play calling? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously our kick climb is probably a little further than most people just because he has a big leg. Um, you know, we're always continuing to try to score, but it certainly helps influence some things. I mean, you've probably seen on third and 15, we're in that fringe range where we know a six-yard gain, you know, you have a, what is it, an 18% chance of converting third and 11 plus, and all of a sudden, if we can get ourselves six yards, he has a 60% chance of making a field goal. That's huge for us in the way we play and the way we operate. So there's certainly things that it influences how we do certain things or where we're trying to get, what our kick line is. But, uh, yeah, it's a good weapon to have. Are there times you'll be more aggressive and times you might be conservative like you just talked about? Yeah, I think everything's case by case. But, yeah, there's certainly instances where, you know, we're, we're always kind of trying to play the odds, the odds of us converting. On, I think there's been a couple times where we've had, a, I think back to Pittsburgh at least, I know there's one we ended up in like a third and 16 situation where you just want eight yards. We get eight yards, we got a chance to, to kick a field. Maybe it's a catch and run, we get the first. But... If we're sitting, try to hold the ball, get everybody past the sticks, the odds of us converting are less than 15%, but eight yards gives us three points. So now, it, yes, it affects that, and we're trying to call things that give us catch and run opportunities, but we're more willing to settle for just check down completions. You might know the head coach on the other sideline, right? Yeah, and, uh, a little bit. A little bit? Well, yeah. What's the Taylor Bro Bowl trophy mean to you? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. It used to be, it was something that was cool. We were both kind of quality controls or assistant position coaches, whatever it was. So it was kind of, it was a fun way for our family to kind of be involved and just talk a little trash. And um, yeah, now it's just kind of something that only gets brought up really this time of year. We may randomly think about it every so often and see if my dad updated it, but that's, that's, I mean, that's really all it is. It's just kind of a fun thing for our family, but. Are you in charge of tickets this week? Uh, I'm never in charge of tickets. My wife is, I couldn't necessarily tell you who's coming when they get here, anything like that. My wife, is the Saint handles all that for me in season. So, well, any of your kids go to that game? I mean, you, you too know, late. Two of them won't. No, too late. All okay. of them are. No, there's no way. You don't want. We don't. Nobody wants them here past nine o'clock <laughs> at night. So. No. How often do you and Zach talk during the season? Um, I mean, sometimes it'll be twice a week. Sometimes we won't talk for three weeks. I mean, it's just kind of we're pretty much on a very similar schedule. Um, so we try to talk on the drive home is kind of where we reach each other. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to answer my phone when I'm at home because I'm at home. If I'm in a meeting, I'm not going to answer here. So he's the same way. So there may be times it just didn't work out. We didn't talk. Um, maybe we'll text here and there. But if we get a chance on Fridays or something driving home until we get to the house, we'll, we'll catch up or something like that. But no talking this week, right? No, no talking this week. No. Third and eight. What do you remember from your time as a GA at Tulsa? Oh, man. Uh, I remember meeting my wife. That was probably my most significant thing. I remember I was in a house. I lived in a three-bedroom house with three other GAs. So there's four of us. So one guy just lived in the couch. He paid less. He probably paid 100 bucks. We paid 400 bucks. We would take the golf cart from work to our house and eat lunch there because nobody had money to eat lunch. So we'd just always go home uh, to eat there. But I remember working for Bill Blankenship was the head coach at the time, the way he treated people. Um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. I love football. But being around him and the way he treated his staff and the way he built his staff just really stirred everything I thought or I hoped would happen for me of wanting to get into a career in coaching. Um, so, yeah, I remember that. And we, we won a lot of games. We had some, a lot of really good teams when we were there. So is he probably one of the more influential guys? I would say so. In one of the, that most important, one of the most important stops of your career? Yeah, probably early on. And honestly, I've worked for four head coaches. If any one of those four ever called me today, I'd go work for them because they're all great people. Not everybody can say that in their career, their boss. Um, 
all the four bosses I've had, I would I would go work for in a heartbeat. I loved every single one of them. Third and eight and longer is obviously not a high odds for anybody to convert. Right. But you guys had really, really struggled incredibly yep. bad. And last week it kind of flipped. You doubled the amount of third down conversions from eight yep. guys or longer from the whole season. I'm just wondering what uh, what was different last week, or, or is it just happenstance and just one of those weeks you just hit it? Yeah, I think, again, it's always case by case. I mean, there's plenty of times with this season, more so than we had last season, where we're in four-minute mode and we're willing to run the ball. I mean, we're in 13 personnel running the ball on third and eight. We know we're not converting. I think we've had three or four of those. Um, we've had unfortunate – we've had some drops. We had a drop the other day on third and 15. We've had – it's been a number of issues here and there. But, you know, we look at everything case by case. Did we have the right call? Did we practice it against this look? What happened? Why did things go wrong? Um, that's something we continue to address everything. If there was one glaring thing, we'll fix it. We'll get it corrected. We'll make sure it, whether it's scheme, whatever it may be. There's also times where, like I mentioned, the Pittsburgh game is third and 16, where if we get eight yards, we have a 72% chance of making a field goal. If we throw in complete, we have a 12% chance. So we're more willing to just put the ball in play, maybe not be as aggressive to uh, not get any chance of points, where now we have the ability to get three. And so there, there's certain times where you, you play based on the situation of the game, the weather, whatever it may be, where your decision making changes at times. You, when you look at a, at, a, at the stat sheet after a game, uh, what do you prioritize in terms of what makes an offense look uh, look good to you? Is it chunk plays? Is it third down conversions? Uh, what 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 scoreboard categories start? Honestly, <laughs> it's honestly it starts scoreboard. I mean, did we do enough to win the game? Did we help our team win the game? Were we the reason we lost the game? Um, it's always that. So. That, that's honestly where we start. I mean, there's some games where I could explain to you why we were one for three in the red zone. I mean, uh, there's games where you could explain why you're four for 13. You had a bunch of four-minute runs in third down, and certain things happen. There, there are certain uh, barriers. I think there's this, some combination of explosive plays, negative plays, turnover margin um, that are always going to be factors in wins and losses. You know, you just win the turnover margin, you have a 70% chance to win a football game. That's a big thing. Then we go into, all right, how do we control the football? What is it just giveaways, takeaways? We present this number to our players every single week of as it changes week by week across the season, what those numbers reflect. Um, score, turnover margin, explosive plays, inefficient plays, or negative. That combination, I think, is always kind of the key that we start with. Chris, how delicate is the balance to, uh, in the usage of Travis? Uh, I think he's on pace now for 300. And 30-something touches is yeah. that an okay number, number one. But now that you know or you have a good feel that you could be playing some extra games in right. January, like how delicate is that? Um, I think it's like any player. You don't want to – you want to use them the right amount where they're still effective without hindering the long-term, I guess, process throughout the course of the season. So, you know, as guys accumulate some bumps and bruises as this thing goes, you may see their uses get toned down a little bit. But at the same time, we got to do whatever we got to do to win the game. So guys understand that. I mean, sometimes it is impossible to pull these guys off the field at times, knowing, all right, them at 80% is not as good as so-and-so at 90%, whatever it may be. So we're, we're constantly working with the training staff to evaluate where those guys are, but constantly working with the players to get them to be honest with us and for us to communicate with them. That's one of the biggest things I found with these players is you're able to communicate throughout the course of the week what the plan is, and then you stick with your word they're all on board. So maybe, hey, we've noticed you're banged up a little bit based on what the run game looks like, pass game looks like. We're thinking it's going to be more of this type of stuff or that type of player, or here's your rotation. And then if we can stick to that, you get buy-in and you continue to gain trust throughout the course of the season. If you and your brother, you guys have never coached together, would you want to coach together or would that be 
oil and water at all? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they're obviously a lot of fun. I mean, that's that's my older brother. That's somebody I look up to. It'd be awesome to spend a lot of time with them, sit in a, sit in a room and just talk football with that person all the time. But there's also some dynamics, I think, that would make it challenging. Um, and that's, you know, it, it honestly, it's never come up with us. So we were never in a position where we felt like that was best for either of us at the time. And, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a fun thing to happen if it ever happened. But I, I don't think we'd ever force it to happen. So. Hey, Press, where's the short yardage offense right now? And how do you see that improving in the final six weeks? Um, it's been hit and miss, honestly. I mean, we, we, there's things we could do better, um, whether it's scheme, execution, play call, uh, personnel usage. There's a lot of things that w could continue to be better, and that's something we continue to work on. We spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of time in our game planning process of, it, of making sure we're trying to put the best people in the best position to do what they do really well. Uh, it's something I think we'll continue to try to improve on as we go, no matter where you are. And let's say you're 100%, you want to continue to make that number as good as it could be. I do think over the course of the last couple of years, I think short yardage conversion percentages continue to go down across the league as teams get better at understanding when teams quarterback sneak and different looks and presenting different fronts and then the compliments to the fronts. You're, that's the fun part of this game is it used to be if there's an open, open A gap, you're going to sneak it. And that was the Patriot way. You know, everybody, oh, they were 92%. Well, they didn't sneak it if it won the right look. So they snuck it versus primary looks. Then everybody started getting the double tight look and now they started running off tackle. Now you're getting the double tight look to prevent quarterback sneaks, but they're getting out charged where they're really playing B gaps from A gap position. So it's the cat and mouse game that continues to go into every single snap that's the fun part of this. Is that what you saw from Trevor's putting the ball over the line versus the fourth and one right before, or the first and one right before the uh, yeah, before uh, halftime? Yeah, I think the front was different. I think on both of them, obviously, you know, the front that he snuck the first one, I think it was a jam front. He went over the top of the center right there. And then we were gapped out on the other one where they were in a goal line personnel because we were in a goal line personnel. They had us gapped out. We tried to run a play that we've been pretty successful with here for two years that, you know, they made a tackle on the goal line, got stopped. Do you have any second thoughts on that play, like running that play, um, the one that you did run? No, I think our process of what caused us to call that play was a good process. I mean, I understand we're always going to be judged off the result of every single play. If you run it and it doesn't work, you should have thrown it. If you threw it to that guy and he didn't catch it, you should have thrown it to that guy. But, you know, we want to be process-oriented and a results-oriented business, understanding the results matter. Um, but, you know, I think we can get back here and justify how we got to this call and what we thought. And if we face a certain look, is there something we can do better in the future? So continue to learn and grow as we go. Did you want a better block and it go to the edge? Did I want a did better you, block and go to the edge? Yeah, did you want Travis to go for the five line if you had a better block there? Um, we've seen it different ways. We ran it, I think we ran it at Pittsburgh. Um, we had one last year at Vegas, I think, where he cut inside. So it's, it's played out different times over the course of having run that play, I think. But we kind of let Travis be a ball carrier and go as he goes. And ultimately, we, we'd probably like to finish it a little bit better and then him be able to work the one guy a little bit cleaner. But I think everybody just, we could do a little bit better. We could put him in a better position as play callers. Thanks, Chris. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris.